Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Warning. 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 You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to WLPN, LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yellow Collie, and Little Village. I'm your host today, Alec, on the announce table. Right beside me is... Nine. And we are bringing you one jam-packed hour of Lucha Libre. Ooh. So, I am very excited about this show. Oh, yes, I am. We have a lot to cover from, you know, history to icons and to, you know, is Lucha Libre fake or not? Yeah, we we have a, we also talk about uh, stars like Al Stento and Blue Demon. Um, but the sport has a rich, very rich history that dates back to 1863. Um, and, you know what? Lucha Libre started, uh, it was actually started by uh, a French person that brought it here. In Mexico in 1863. Wait, to the U.S. or to Mexico? To Mexico. Oh. Yeah, I just read that uh, a few weeks ago. It was a. Uh, it was during the French intervention in Mexico, and I guess someone wanted to bring this whole sport of lucha libre um, and show it out. Yeah, I I heard also that it was a, a pastime for lower and working class. Um, so I know that the community was really strong because of that. So it was mostly like people, like richer people that were able to see it on TV and stuff like that. And then, you know, lower class income, um, people would like gather, um, to whoever had a television or a location that they had access to a TV. Yeah. Like, uh, Lucha Libre, you know, they call it like, uh, they call it, they call the sport a middle class sport. Um, but they also call it, you know mainly like anyone can be a luchador anyone could be a wrestler um if you if you take your good if you take good care of your body of course um and i think um like anyone could anyone could be a luchador it's not like any other sports out there where you kind of have to like kind of be kind of rich to uh to do like football or basketball or hockey um now lucha libre um the business side of it started in like in the thirties when I read, when I was, when I was reading about it. And back then it was sort of like America in the seventies with pro wrestling, um, in the twenties and the, and through to the thirties, it was like, um, little promotions. It was in, 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 uh, in Mexico, um, before in 1930, there was a big company called CMLL. It's one of the oldest, uh, wrestling promotions that have been around that's still going um you can still watch them on tv they still they still air their uh weekly shows right and talking about tv did you know that like um lucha libre first appeared on tv in 19 in the 1950s but it was also banned in the mid 1950s because of um it was supposedly like bad influence for like kids that were watching this because of um the rudos you know, that they do really bad, crazy things in wrestling. 
So I think that's pretty interesting um, that it was banned. And I mean, it's understandable, you know, like fans get really like emotionally invested in, um, you know, the the characters or the the people that are wrestling, you know, with the good guy versus the bad guy. And, you, you know, people start sort of like picking up on some of the things that they are watching. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, the the good versus evil aspect in Lucha Lucha Libre, the good the good guys the uh, um, the technicals yeah technical. and then the bad guys the rudos it's a heavily story driven um, sport right <laughs> um, some people compare it to theater and drama um, yeah I mean like it was part of like um, Lucha Libre um, was big with movies you know I, I don't know what years maybe like fifties or sixties not too sure on that but they used a lot of wrestlers like um el santo yeah el, el santo has to be like the original like person that's who was a wrestler and a movie star at the same time like bef- this is the days before you know like the rock and hulk hogan who were wrestlers and then they went to pro and then they went to movies el santo was the original movie star slash wrestler um in the, in the 50s um yeah, I, I feel like uh, the movies definitely gave it a boost um, for wrestling to become more of a, like a big thing. Um, oh, yeah, it did. Movies movies and, and media in, in general, like comic books, also helped Lucha Libre. Like El Santo, he was an inspirational character for uh, in this comic book series that ran for 30 years straight. And, you know, the other thing I want to talk about is diversity in the sport. Yeah, most definitely. There's um, I know there's some wrestling also going on in Japan, and you know a little bit more about that. Oh yeah, there's the, uh, you know, in lucha libre on uh, the sport right now in Mexico. There's uh, there's a lot of American wrestlers in it. Um, I think the women's wrestling is becoming very popular as well. I think uh, there was a few promotions that just strictly have female wrestlers, um, which is pretty cool. But yeah, um, wrestling in general is very diverse. Um, there's a scene in Japan, United Kingdom, United States, and yes, of course, Mexico as well. Yeah, most definitely. So just stick around and, you know, um, tune in to the rest of the show. We have a lot of content to cover. So, Yeah, I mean, we have this one song set up right now, El Santo's theme song. It's one of the songs I was listening to when I was doing this assignment. Um, I hope uh, I hope everyone likes it. Yeah, we should definitely listen to a Santo theme song. Respetable público, lucharán dos de tres caídas sin límite de tiempo. En esta esquina, el santo y cavernario. Y en esta otra, Lutemon y el punto. La arena estaba de Los cuatro rudos, ídolos de la prisión, la arena estaba de bote en bote, la gente loca de la emoción, en el ring luchaban los cuatro rudos.
arena estaba de bote en bote la gente loca de la emoción en el ritmo echaban los cuatro rudos ídolos de la visión la arena estaba de bote en bote la gente loca de la emoción en el ritmo echaban los cuatro rudos Listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, your locally in Little Village. And that was El Center's song. Yeah, um, very very popular wrestler. Very popular wrestler, the biggest star in Lucha Libre history, El Santo. Um, he paved the way for future luchadors. Uh, and today, uh, big movie star and big wrestler over the top. Yeah. Um, big icon and um we also want to we, we want to talk about like uh is lucha libre fake right does anybody ever watch wrestling and question if what they're watching is real or fake like the the whole when i talk to people and when i tell them oh yeah i like professional wrestling i like lucha libre they always tell me oh it's it's fake and why do you want to watch that if it's fake and it's like i i don't understand like the big deal if it is fake or not it is fake to a certain extent. People do get hurt on a daily basis in wrestling. Um, and sometimes they have to wrestle through those injuries. Either it's a broken rib, a broken arm, a tailbone that's broken. Um, anything, any injuries, they have to wrestle. They have dates they have to fulfill. And yes, in, in some storylines, it's in like the script where like someone has to pretend like, oh, my arm is broken. Oh, my leg is broken. They have to pretend like that's part of a storyline. But like 95% of the injuries are real. Yeah. And aside also like some of these wrestlers actually like have some hatred towards each other. So even though let's say that someone is wrestling, you know, uh, a new wrestler, they're not going to like fight him with all the anger they have. But if they wrestle someone that, you know, they've been having a lot of problems with or a lot of rivalry, rivalry, um, they're going to get crazy on the ring. Oh, yeah. That's the politics in, in professional wrestling or in Lucha Libre. Um, sometimes you got two people working the ring that do not like each other. And sometimes one wrestler might break something on purpose. Um, that's the bad side. And it's not like, it's not like any other sport, like an MMA or or maybe football, but MMA, when you, when you break something, the referee there is there to stop it. But in professional wrestling, you break something, the referee is not there to stop it. Right. And I feel like the referee leans towards the rudos, you know, because it's always the rudos breaking the chairs, you know, throwing the wrestlers to the people. And like the referee is always like acting like, oh, I didn't see that. And you know, I feel like that's also part of the show, but I feel like that's what um, leads for the, the, 
fighting to get really dangerous sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they call it sports entertainment. It's to entertain um, everybody in the arena or ente- entertain the people watching TV, watching it. And, you know, everyone's always complaining about how fake it is. But it's like, what's the big deal? TV shows are fake. Movies are fake. Comic books are fake. Video games are fake. But we enjoy it right. no matter what. Professional wrestling, yes, it's fake to a certain degree. And it's not it's not insulting anyone's intelligence. The wrestlers in the ring aren't really there to hurt each other. They're there to perform and make a show. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. But, like, you know how I keep mentioning, like, some of it gets really real. Like, I've been to matches where there's literally blood on the floor, you know? And I was, like, younger. So there was this one wrestler. Um, He was loco. Um... And his name, he used to go by Rey Fuego. And I remember he was my favorite wrestler. And I remember when he got really beat up and he was, like, bleeding on the floor. I was crying. I was, like, 10. Like, why is he bleeding like that? You know, you need to help him. Like, they're really hitting him right now. And they didn't even care that he was bleeding. They kept, like, slamming him on the poles of the ring. And, you know, he kept fighting as much as he could. But, like, eventually they had to, like, end the fight because he was really hurt. But then again, that's, um, I talked to my dad about it later on. And then he mentioned that the guy he was fighting didn't like him at all and you know sometimes it's like the rivalry or sometimes i feel like it's you know they take it to heart yeah like some of them kind of hate on each other you know yeah. um, but it, that's again with anything right how you mentioned with sports like this kind of relates to anything so why hate on like wrestling for like content that is produced in like other areas too i remember um when i was started watching wrestling eddie guerrero was one of the first wrestlers or one of the top fi- five wrestlers i was watching and it was a match between him and JBL. And there was this really strong rivalry between these two. And during the match, like, you, Eddie Guerrero, like, I want Eddie Guerrero to win. Or, like, JBL, like, grab a chair and, like, swing it, hit his head. And, like, you, like Eddie Guerrero's, like, head was, like, busted. It was, like, a really hard chair shot to the head. And he kept wrestling. He kept fighting after that. Um, concussions. Concussions are real big scary thing in professional wrestling yeah. um back then they weren't really taken serious now they are taken serious you get hit, hit in the head and it's everyone is like oh my god like are you okay um that's for the bigger co- pr- promotions they're really worried but the small promotions they're not they don't really care um if you get injured or not yeah and that's another thing too that kind of sucks um i remember like um speaking to some wrestlers and they did mention that if they could change at least one thing about um how how wrestling is getting managed right now is that for at least to get some type of insurance or coverage for wrestlers like when it comes to like medical things and i totally agree on that um and i feel like people should be more knowledgeable of that so they can support and try to push forward for that like if they're real fans of this sport and entertainment like we should also be considering that these people are going to need some care after and even like aftermath you know some people recover but they don't recover all the way there need yeah there needs to be some type of union in professional wrestling uh, in football the rest the football players are covered and basketball the basketball players are covered and and baseball the players uh the baseball players are covered in professional wrestling they're more like contractors you show up to work you get paid you don't show up you don't get paid that's a problem mm-hmm. uh with today is that wrestlers are fighting for that and because every day everyone gets an injury broken tailbone broken leg broken arm broken neck clean broken necks broken necks are the most common injuries yeah and in, in wrestling today and um yeah and you know what's a little scary too like talking about injuries um 
don't know, like fun fact. I don't know if it's too fun, but you know, El Santo, he's five out of seven um children in his family, or was, and most of his brothers were into wrestling. And one of his brothers, actually, that used to go by Pantera Negra, Black Panther, he died on a ring accident. So he like died while oh, wow, fighting. what happened? Uh, I'm not too sure on like the details, but I do remember like my dad telling me that as a kid, and I read it in a wrestling book like that i was like skimming through at the library like years ago but that stuck to me because you know i used to watch wrestling and then i was afraid of seeing like something like that happen in front of me like what if at some point it's not a show anymore and then the referee and the public can distinguish anymore and then things like that can actually get pretty serious you know i think i heard something like that in a in a lucha libre documentary Mm -hmm. he died in a small arena in mexico i think i believe so and like the there's the story is like after hours Either someone hears, like, the people cleaning up the, the arena. They either hear someone, like, landing on the mat or, like, a scream or something like that. Maybe, yeah. the, I don't know if that's part of... It was a long time ago. It was a long time ago when I watched that documentary. Very interesting documentary. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, we should look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's something I'm going to look forward to because, you know, I, I also want to educate my little sister because she still goes to, like, wrestling matches with my dad. So I want to make sure she knows that, like, this is not just a joke, you know? So many people really have bad accidents like i really want to i really want to be a luchador i really want to be a professional wrestler that was like that's one of my things on my bucket list i just i don't care if i if i if i become big or not just as long i'm doing the sport but like the biggest scare is just getting injuries uh and and either breaking my ankle or doing something bad happens to me and i can't take care of myself that's one of the scariest things right and that kind of just um, leads me to think about you know n- accidents and stuff like that don't only happen while fighting but also while training yeah right and you you know you got to witness some training and some of the wrestlers that are starting are not too prepared and they can really hurt themselves trying to like reach someone's um ability to to match them up you know and yeah i think some people can um hurt themselves not even in front of people and it really sucks because then that can lead to complications while they're on the ring because they they don't want to like give up the fight because they're a little hurt while training which makes things worse actually yeah um, that day when we were uh, interviewing the wrestlers i was talking to someone and she was like yeah she got injured during um when she was training and she was out for like i think a good three months she she had to stop stop training and it sucked it sucks. She wanted. She want. She loves this. She loves doing this. And then being away for three months from the ring, you know, it hurts. It can hurt someone too as well yeah. in the future. You know, and they might be out of shape for that, or they don't have the strength that used to, or they're just scared to do different things. Or even like lose some of their fame that they were already like gaining. You know, once you back out for a little bit to recover from things, people, in a way, start forgetting about you. You know, if they don't see a lot of um movement with what you're doing and your recovery and things like that yeah of course i mean um yeah injuries are the biggest career stoppers ever like someone could be becoming a big star and then they break something and then their career is on hold and then when they come back it's like either the fans miss them or the fans forget about them still it's it's very it's very tricky it's very scary yeah indeed so can we definitely agree that wrestling with Chalibre is not fake? Because I could definitely agree to that. I think it's fake to a certain degree. Okay, I half. feel you. Yeah. yeah, there's some acting in there, but I feel like most of the physical work is pretty real. You could even hear the punches sometimes, you know? Yeah, some of the punches <laughs> can be real or fake. That's the funny thing. Yeah. 
well, let's go ahead and um, listen to one more Santo song by Los Exquisitos, Santo y La Nube. Um, and then we can tackle it back. listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio broadcasting live from Studio Y Yellow Collie and Little Village I'm your host Alec Morales and I'm Nine and we are here bringing you more Lucha Libre yep 
don't forget you're listening to what's up so we talk a little bit of um the lucha libre scene in the latino community because we mentioned a little bit of like in the history about like the working class but i still believe that um a lot of people especially in the latino community still follow wrestling and i think one of the things that has to do with that um um is some of the movies too right like um my dad used to watch a lot of the black and white wrestling movies with like mil mascaras and his little mascot i forgot his name have you ever seen the mascot i've never seen that movie i know el santo has been in over like 40 80 movies yeah science fiction horror romance and everything it's like the rock but like he makes better movies than the rock i'm sorry the rock (laughs) he makes better movies than hulk hogan i'm sorry (laughs) Yeah, but they have, like, these little cute mascots that sometimes come out with them, like, when they're fighting. And it's just, like, a like a shorter person, I guess. And they're, like, dressed up, and they look like a little animal. Like, it's so cute in a way, but they I can't really distinguish your face because of the mask that they're wearing. So they look a little creepy. But, yeah, I feel like, um, and kind of relating towards, like, the... the the comic side too um i feel like that has something to do with it oh yeah al santo has been in the comic series in like 30 years like like from the 50s i think all the way to five six seven through the 70s and maybe a little bit in the 80s as well yeah and uh speaking of el santo i mean another like we mentioned him in the beginning el santo big star uh like and there's other two wrestlers like blue demon and Mil Mascaras. Mil Mascaras. Mm-hmm. Mil Mascaras. Yeah, that's good. My that's bad. Good. You're good. <laughs> I'm sorry if I if I pronounce his names really wrong. Um, Mil has been like, he was wrestling since like the 70s to the 80s to the 90s. Uh, big international star. Um, one of the first international stars in uh, lucha libre. Wrestling in Japan. Well, he wrestled in Mexico, Japan, and then America. Um, now let's go back to like community. Why why is it so popular in the community again? Yeah, so I feel like it even relates to now in like 2018 that like a lot of working class people, um, in lower class um, people um still watch wrestling a lot, and in a way it kind of feels to me like they are living a dream through these characters, right? I feel like a lot of um, a lot of people, especially like living in this state, um. A lot of people that migrate here from Mexico um, look for hope, you know, with everything. And I feel like some of these characters brings them that hope, especially because, uh, again, I, I interviewed this wrestler um, at a wrestling match. And he mentioned that one of the best parts about coming to the U.S. to wrestle because he's from Mexico is that he feels like he calls it La Raza, you know, his race. They they he can transport um his people to like Mexico, you know, to like a feel of what it would feel like to be again in Mexico because it's really popular there. And he just loves that. Like people react even more here because it's more touching to them that they are outside of their native land, but they're experiencing some of the things that are super popular in, in Mexico, you know, and and I hope that makes sense. But I, I thought it was really interesting because, you know, my dad is also, um, loves wrestling because it brings him back to his childhood and it's like a way of bonding with people and 
so in the community like i mentioned like you can swear you can scream but at the end of the day like for example my dad has friends that are technicals and he's a rudo like he roots for rudos and they talk so many funny things to each other while the match is happening but you know at the end of the match you know they shake up like oh you know that was funny or hey you know and they, they just start talking about it like they were not just talking bad to each other you know it's a and sport I, that brings everyone together yes everyone from the little ones and i know that there's like grandmas too that like wrestling like i used to see a lot of like grandparents uh, again going back to the whole history that it's been around for that long and they still follow it um i got to meet one of um la lady apache uh, she's also a famous uh, female wrestler from like the 1970s i believe and I got to see her one time, but she wasn't wrestling. She was just, you know, in the audience. But a lot of people recognized her because they were like, oh, you know, she's she's really cool, you know, and she's here. She doesn't wrestle anymore, but she's still supporting. And I feel like that's motivational for, like, other older women, um, not just younger women, but older women. And it kind of, like, brings out the, like, the strong character of a woman. So, you know, I feel like that's really important to have, too, especially nowadays since, like, you know, women are coming up also in the scene. Uh, in many scenes actually well, of course like I, the mask is a big symbol i think to the people yes it it represents it represents like superhero superpowers like there's this group i read on internet internet a feminism group in mexico and they wear the masks when they go protest and they say because oh. when they wear the masks it just makes them feel stronger and powerful yes I totally agree with that because, you know, when I go, I went to this music festival and, you know, there was wrestlers there. So I wore my mask all over the festival and I felt like, you know, people were staring at me. I felt like I looked like tough and some people didn't want to approach me or some people were wondering if I was a girl. And I like that because you have people wondering, but like, I don't feel too like, I feel more confident because they're wondering, but they're not wondering about like my face. They're wondering about the person behind the mask, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And you interviewed a wrestler um, at Rudo Fest, I believe. Yeah. And we should we should play that one. Um, yeah, Rene Cuajaro. Um, he's a wrestler also from Mexico. But yeah, we should definitely listen to that. Claro que sí. Mira, mi nombre es René Guajardo, soy luchador profesional, tengo 15 años como luchador y venimos aquí a Chicago. Órale, so, ya llevas muchos años um, luchando, so, ¿qué es tu experiencia de Chicago que no encuentras en otros lugares, especialmente en Ruido Fest? Mi experiencia en Chicago, una, es el trato de los paisanos, conoces mucha gente que se identifican con uno, con la cultura de la lucha libre mexicana, ya que es una cultura a nivel mundial. A nosotros nos gusta porque vienes acá y sobre todo los paisanos y la gente también de Estados Unidos y de diferentes partes del mundo te toman mucho en cuenta y valoran tu trabajo. Chido, chido. So, ¿Qué les puedes decir a los jóvenes que quieren hacer una carrera um, luchando pero apenas están empezando? Lo que les podemos decir, una, que le echen ganas. La verdad el camino es muy difícil, nada es fácil en esta vida. Tienes que prepararte durante años, obviamente desde comida, desde entrenamiento, no desvelar, no tomar, no fumar, cero vicios para poder incursionar en este deporte. Y pues muchas gracias a ustedes, muchas gracias a Lucha Libre Chicago Live y Arenas de Chicago y somos parte del team. Y recuerden por último una sola cosa, que tercero solo hay uno, guapo, chingón y de moda. Órale, muchas Venga, gracias. Venga. <risa> Hello, and you are listening to WLPNLP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yellow Kali, and Little Village. I hope you guys like that uh, interview yeah. with Nine and... Rene Guajaro. 
Um, so one of the things he was mentioning too was about like um, upcoming wrestlers, right? Like if you're young and you want to become a wrestler, he was basically saying like, go for it, give it your all. And I feel like maybe that's really good for you to hear because, you know, you want to become a wrestler and you, you know, you're sort of getting connections right now. You're starting to meet people. And I feel like, you know, do it. You know what I mean? If that's something you really want to do. And, you know, everybody starts somewhere small. Eventually, if you put the time in it, you know, results will come. Yeah, of course. Um, I interviewed a, a young wrestler at the training gym. I, his name was DJZ. The funny thing is I watched this guy on TV and I watched his matches. And I think this is a really good interview. He really talks about the business and how wrestling needs to change a little bit. It needs unions. It needs it needs it needs some kind of backup. We should we should play that. It's a good one. Yeah, totally. So let's listen to the interview with DJ Z and Alec. And we're back. So unfortunately, we don't have the interview at the moment. But I know that you mentioned that you used to watch him on TV, and I think it was really awesome that you recognized him from the minute that he walked in. Right? I, I remember you were like, "Oh, like I remember seeing you somewhere when you were talking to him." You're like, "I think I seen you on TV," and he started going on about it, which was really cool. I was like, "Wow!" I, I remember when we were there. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, the interview something wrong with interview. But anyway, yeah, when I when I was at the gym, and I was like, I saw the wrestlers training, and I was like, I think I know that guy. I've seen that guy somewhere. I've seen him wrestle before. I don't know where. And then I was talking to him. And I'm like, did you wrestle for um, Impact Wrestling? He's like, yeah, I'm a DJZ. And I'm like, it blew my mind. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I watched you uh, on TV before. And, and and he was, and I also, like, mentioned he was in a documentary uh, on Discovery. And he's like, he was so surprised that yeah. he saw that I recognized him through a documentary as well. And he was he was very happy to hear that. And um, I was asking him some questions about the business. Um, and he gave me, you know, he told me again, like, there needs some there needs to be a change. And he he uh, talked to me. He told me about his character. He's actually a real DJ um, in Chicago. He actually is a Chicago resident. Um, and um Another thing that uh, that was awesome um, about him is that you know he's a big champion. He won some big championship belts here in America, and uh, he faced some big wrestlers like Rey Mysterio, for instance. Yeah, and like now in Chicago, um, he's training with Discovery, which also he used to fight in Triple A. And I know um, while you interviewed him, he mentioned some really good things about Discovery that he was really. Um, happy to be training with him um, that he and I remember too that um, he was saying that like he has been training in other places but it didn't feel like um, as well as he felt training with Discovery and the rest of the upcoming wrestlers and going back to what you mentioned about um, like recognizing him um, and he was pretty amazed by that I, that kind of goes along with you know with whatever you want to do you never know who's watching so like just you know go for it Um but yeah, I think that that was awesome. He was really humble too. I I really enjoyed listening to your interview with him while it was happening. Yeah, I mean, um, that's like I I really hope he wins um, the Impact World Heavyweight Title. He said that he's might he might be going to WWE. He might he's interested in going to NXT. Um, and I I I bring I hope I hope he does. If not, I hope he goes to New Japan or goes to Mexico, become a big star from there on. And, um, you know, there's so many big stars 
um, coming out in Lucha Libre right now. Um, do, you, do you know any big stars happening right now? Any big stars coming out in Lucha Libre? Uh, I can't think of their names, but I know what they look like. Like, um, for example, I'm wearing one of the shirts, actually. I think it's uh, Kanek. Yeah. He's okay. a Kanek Jr. He has a, a nasty calendar on his mask, and he's pretty upcoming, and he's getting to places. I, I got uh, the shirt that I'm wearing is signed by him, actually. So I could root for him. Also, there was um this wrestler that he used to go by the name of bazooka back in like 2008 but i believe he changed his name because um when i seen him i knew it was him and i was like oh bazooka and then that's how he knew i was one of his like like followers from when he started because you know he had changed his name and whatever but yeah i think those are they're coming up you know one of the, one of the biggest stars i like right now i am a big fan is penta jr or his his old name used to become was pentagon jr and then he had to change it. Um, I'm, I forgot why. Um, that was w- one of my favorite wrestlers. I follow him through Lucha Underground. And uh, I think he some he wrestles in Impact Wrestling. I just saw a match with him. Um, he just he won the Impact World Heavyweight title against Austin Aries. Um, I haven't really caught up. Caught up, caught up I'm not really caught up with um, Impact Wrestling, sadly. Um, and, you know, the sport of Lucha Libre has changed um so much um since the 90s um and i think it changed a lot of different ways i think the sport professional wrestling has changed um nowadays we have social media the power of social media we have snapchat we have instagram we have facebook anyone can get their name out there yeah and it's not like it's not like oh you know i need to get all these big tapes and pass it on to big um big promoters mm-hmm. it's, it's not like that anymore it's like oh watch this match it's on youtube or watch this match it's on right. instagram you know and it's a good way social media has helped professional wrestling so much i think it helped triple a aa i don't know why i keep calling triple a mm-hmm. and it helped cmll yeah. and it helped the indies in general people now know these promotion these small promotions back then 15 years ago it was like oh yeah i watched wwe yeah and it was more also like a like more towards like the 60s and the 70s it was all about about newspaper um so i know that mil mascaras actually um some of his hood designs um or like his costume and his mask some of the designs were actually um uh submissions from people who were reading the magazines of the comics that he was part of um people were actually like submitting the signs so i feel like that's why he had like a really good um process with his name mil mascaras million masks because a lot of people were able to contribute to the designs of his attire and then i think that's really interesting because it goes again with like social media and how back in the day it was more like whoever's reading the newspaper is the ones that are you know getting up to date but like how you mentioned with social media everybody has social media nowadays yeah and uh, like mel mel mascaras mm-hmm. um you know he's considered one of the first international stars in pro wrestling or in lucha libre he was a big star in Mexico. Then he went to Japan, became a big star. And then he went to America. And he faced so many legends here in America. One was against Ric Flair. I guess he beat him for the NWA World Heavyweight title. And, you know, that's such a big moment. You know, uh, a wrestler, uh, a non-American wrestler to win a big championship. It, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a special moment. It's an emotional moment. And, you know, like I was watching some of these other 
big stars, uh, luchador stars uh, winning titles or winning a match in general. It was such an emotional moment and it made you want to cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 like, wow, Lucha Libre is so powerful. If, yeah. if, we can, if they can create this emotion. Again, it's sports entertainment. It's supposed to entertain you. It's supposed to make you cry. It's supposed to make you angry. It's supposed to make you super happy. Yeah. It takes you out from the world for yeah. a while. I, I definitely do believe that the viewers and even the people participating are like emotionally invested. You know, we, we have the good guys and then we have the bad guys where sometimes I get really angry because like the bad guys are just making a mess, you know, and just being really mean. <laughs> and then I just want to cry for the good guys because I'm like, man, I'm here. I, I want to I want to help you, but I could only like scream and support you but like that, you know? But yeah, definitely, I do think it's it, people do get emotionally invested, and I feel like that also has to do with how it has changed a little bit with how new wrestlers are developing their characters, right? Um, like more in the '60s and the '70s, they were more like comic book creations, and then they started looking for people to fit some of the descriptions. Like for example, uh, Mano Negra, his character was born in 1968 at the well, like the character was born in 1968. It started with the Olympic Games held in Mexico City. So the victory stand was two African-Americans or two black athletes. And they raised their fists representing like black power during the national anthem and the flag rising. So that inspired the at that time, the, it was a promoter um, and also a journalist that was known as Perez. He thought about um it sparked the idea to create a rudo character by the name of mano negra black hand so at first it started um with just you know another uh event and empowering situation that led to the development of this character and also tinebla started as a as a character in one of the magazine's cartoon strips and again this promoter perez hired a bodybuilder who was also like in film doubles and the the design of the Nieblas, his mask is covered by a mesh butterfly design. So it's not like a typical openings in the eyes and in the nose and the mouth. Like his face is just like covered, like all black. And, you know, there's like holes for him to breathe. But it's not like the typical openings for like the nose and the mouth. But yeah, like again, these characters were developed first through like illustrations and, and story development. And then like, you know, people, the promoter looked for people to fit some of these descriptions, which I think that some of the wrestlers nowadays are actually putting a little bit more thought and more like more of their hustle into their character development. It's actually they had to do a different way of thinking now with their character, because I think I'm not sure if if if, if KFAB, if you know, if you're familiar with the word KFAB, actually, no, it's like their character. Okay. KFAB is like basically their character. It's how you see them in TV. When we see like like a Rudos or a heel in America, we call them heels. Okay. They're bad guys. We think, okay, they're actually the bad guys in real life. And then we see the good guys and we think, oh, they're yeah, they're the good guys. Uh, in a way, social media has kind of ruined that a little bit in the sport where it's like, oh, they're not really that bad. They're a yeah. good guy in person. I know them. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it destroys the character a little bit. So now we're in this, I think we call the, we call this era the reality era. Um, because it's not, it's not about really good versus evil anymore. It's becoming like, okay, this guy is more talented in the ring. We like him more. This guy can cut some good speeches and good promos in the ring. We like him. Yeah. Uh, we don't care if this guy is supposed to be good or bad. We like him regardless, no matter what. And it's like, whoa, like different, they have to do a different way of creating a character. And I feel like 
in this sport today, like everyone's obsessed with becoming a Rudos. Yeah. Or a heel. Everyone wants to be the bad guy. Everyone right. wants to be the anti-hero in this sport. And it's so funny. Like, it's like, oh, uh, like someone told me, would you rather be a bad guy or a good guy? Of course I said bad guy because bad guys can do anything in wrestling. They can break the rules. They can do cheap shots to their opponents. But I think the most fun is, I think one of the fun things is also becoming a good face. And someone told me, like I read a, in a documentary, in order to be a good heel, you got to be a good face. Mm-hmm. becoming a, a, a technical you are very limited with what you can do mm-hmm. you can't just insult the crowd yeah. you can't you can't cheat you have to play by the rules totally. now the weird thing is that eddie guerrero combined that he was a heel a face like technicals and the rudos he was always cheating but the crowd loved him mm-hmm. the crowd went crazy every time he cheated during a match or he did something cheap and it's 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 so funny. I think that 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 translates to right now. It doesn't matter what they do. It's if they're talented or not. If they're not, we don't care about them anymore. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like a, the good outlaw type of thing. Pretty much. It's 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 so funny how um uh, the sport has changed um, so much, and um, I think um, it makes the sport more interesting. Um, and we have to create um, these wrestlers have to create a new way to, for their character. Yeah, um, I feel like yeah, it is a little challenging, but I I kind of like the fact that you know uh, that people are getting to know these wrestlers outside of their wrestling career. You know, um, I feel like at some point that needed to happen. It was because you know some people kind of like with movies, right? Like you watch a movie and there's a bad guy, and then you kind of like look at that actor and another movie and you're like oh i don't know i can't look at you the same you know because you were a bad guy in that other movie but i feel like you know getting to know the wrestlers in more detail you kind of are able to jump out that they're not always that person you know in real life quote unquote but um i do think that it's more difficult for them because it's with that being said with like reality being around like it's it's more difficult to um, follow the the story and get into like the character and having you know receiving the same energy that you're trying to throw out there for the audience and stuff but yeah um yeah like you said like i think social media has again like hurt the sport because yeah it's awesome that we know these guys in person but then again how can you hate them if they're trying to be the heel they're trying to be the uh the rudos and it's like, oh, like I can't hate this guy. I, I don't know why I hate him. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why I like him. Like he should be hated. He should be getting booed by the fans. And yes, you may hear the occasionally boo, but you hear like, yay, you know yeah. this guy. And then when the face, when the good guy comes out, it's like boo, <laughs> boo. This guy's not talented. We don't care. We this guy should go away. He shouldn't be wrestling right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally totally agree with that and you know some of the audience can get really disrespectful um i remember when i saw i mean mascaras they said it was the original one he he confirmed it i I got to talk to him i was about six years old seven and i remember for the fact that he was like um he was really upset in his um dressing room he was like you know a lot of people when he came out were saying like oh you're dead you're dead that's not you and he was a technical right and people were like no that's not you you're dead so he felt it it was really disrespectful for people to come 
at him like that. And then when, you know, we went into his dressing room, we took a picture with him. He was really happy that my sister and I, um, s- um, we are able to talk to him in Spanish because he said that he doesn't really see that when he comes to the States, that he sees the cultures getting lost. And I, I think it's important, you know, for like people to keep the culture um alive you know and some sort of way you know even welcoming other people but also just like keeping you know the culture alive it's pretty nice yeah it's it's yeah i think it's very important for um different different promotions in different countries to keep their 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 symbol keep their their following and you know i think there's also been a very up in, in wrestling too like the the female wrestlers the women wrestlers they're they're becoming big stars they're wrestling in the main event and they they have their own promotions. And back then, it wasn't like that. Back then, it was a little bit sexist back then. Yeah. Um, but also in the 70s, there was a lot of women wrestling. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of women actually winning championships. Um, They were doing it. And that really surprised me because nobody talks about that when they talk about, like, women coming up. Like, hey, women have been coming up, you know. It's just nobody really wants to acknowledge it. Some of the longest reigning championships... Uh, are women wrestlers yeah some of them held the champ the title belt the championship belt for like two years five years seven years a very long time and sometimes i don't you know like it's it's crazy how they can hold that title for such a long time yeah. and bring meaning to it yeah so well this was such a good show um we we covered a lot about you know history with wrestling we talked about some icons like el santo mi mascaras tinieblas and uh yeah we just it's a beautiful sport a lot of emotion and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up i think yeah with this and i want to thank all the the people i interviewed and i want to thank you for helping me out with this of course and you know it's been fun uh i'm your host alec yeah and i am nine and thank you all for watching Yeah, and don't forget you're listening to WLPN, Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. And broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yellow Kali, in Little Village. We are What's Up? Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up? Again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more. We are the robots. We are the robots.